Hello, friend. This is an episode of Note to Self, but from when we used to be called New Tech City. Same good content, just the old name. Enjoy. Hi, it's Manoush Zamarodi, the host of New Tech City. And I think you have to agree, there is something just so seductive about new technology. Many of those startup ideas out there, they just sound amazing. It's a fantastic example of how technology is creating a market for things that never had a marketplace before. The entrepreneurs and coders have this infectious enthusiasm. I'm really, really excited to be here today because I'm about to show you some stuff that's just ready to come out of the lab, literally, and really, really think this is going to change, really change the way we interact with machines from this point on. And sometimes when my natural skepticism kicks in, I try to cajole myself back into sharing that that can-do feeling of wonder. But then I'll get a reality check. It was less than $3 an hour. And they don't allow you to set an hourly wage that's lower than minimum wage. But there are a lot of situations where you get into working for less than minimum wage. And I'll remember that if a new way of living sounds too good to be true... Well, then it might just be too good to be true. This week, stories from the gig economy, trying to make it as a micro-entrepreneur, taking one-off jobs posted on websites like TaskRabbit, Fiverr, and Postmates. If you don't know what these are, don't worry, we'll explain. This wing of the economy is poised to boom, but it's unclear who the winners will be. Fancy hands, you can employ somebody to be your personal assistant. There's kitchen surfing. Where That's you Sarah Kessler. She's a writer for Fast Company, and she decided to test out the lifestyle that these platforms are pitching. The, the idea is that you can have a better life and a better way of being employed by taking all these different odd jobs and working whenever you want and for how much you want and doing the things that you love rather than what your boss tells you to do. And you can be a little business, a micro-entrepreneur. Why not do the work you want, when you want? I thought it sounded great. I wrote a story where I found some of these people who were doing this successfully, and I went into it pretty optimistic. You know, that maybe this would be a way where I was just a dope before having a desk job and sitting down. <laughs> and I wanted to make a certain amount of money and kind of prove that you could live off of this. Websites like Postmates and Fancy Hands match freelance workers with pay-by-the-task employers. So, like, if you need someone to make a delivery or plan your husband's birthday party. The websites take a cut, usually between 12 to 20 percent. And to earn their commission, these websites vet the workers, who can then take as many jobs as they choose. But there's no security, no health care, sometimes no humanity. And the jobs aren't always quite what they seem. Like the job Sarah took for $30 to drop off flyers for a Brooklyn company. Uh, ended up hardly being worth it when the CEO explained what he actually had in mind. It became clear that I was not going to drop them off in the lobby, but that I was going to walk through every floor. And, and hand a flyer to each person? Hand it to each person, put it underneath doorways. And it turned out to be 45 floors of office buildings that I was walking the halls with. For 30 bucks. On some of these websites, workers compete for a job by offering to do it for less. Like I could say, I'll proofread your annual report for $25, and you might say, well, I'll do it for 20 This is, allegedly, the new frontier of work. There is a big claim being made that this will revolutionize the workforce or that this is the answer to our economic problems. 
One of the best-known sites is TaskRabbit. The company says 10% of its rabbits use the site to work full-time. The rest supplement their income with it. So the people I met, one, you know, wanted to be a comedian, and other people, you know, maybe they had been laid off. So I talked to one woman who, she owns a business, and she was on TaskRabbit just trying to pay her bills, and she said she had set a goal for $300 a week, but she hadn't ever made it. Now, Sarah's goal was to make at least minimum wage and to try and work full-time. Here are some of the jobs she took. I took a job as a tutor, and another woman hired me to organize her desk. I opened about a year's worth of unopened mail. There was an ad for $20. I could be part of a flash mob. I had agreed to meet this man at the Harvard Club where he wanted me to do administrative errands. I rescheduled a first-class plane ticket for him, and I informed the state of New York that his LLC had been dissolved. And I also put his Google contacts into the correct format. I did a lot of wrapping presents. It was weird that that turned out to be my most marketable skill. Sarah didn't even come close to earning $7.25 an hour, 40 hours a week. That's what a full-time job at the federal minimum wage would be. Now, let's get some context here. We decided to give Harry Holzer a call, and he knows a thing or two about the minimum wage. He's a professor of public policy at Georgetown, and he was the chief economist at the Labor Department during the Clinton era. And here's what he thinks of the gig economy. It's a little bit of a band-aid for a very bad job market, but nothing more than that. And it may evolve over time into something better. And there's still a lot of people out there, especially young people, who are looking for more work than they can find. So this is, in some ways, an adaptation to the market. And that, at least in theory, is not a bad thing. But in reality, Holzer points out that these task workers count as independent contractors who don't get the protection of minimum wage laws. And that's just the way it is. If relatively few people are offering these tasks and a lot of people are willing to do them, then supply and demand is going to dictate a very low payment for that time. And that's what Sarah certainly found. She says that living the gig economy is rough, but it's a great business model for these websites. Take Postmates, for instance. They dispatch freelance delivery people. They're about a 45-person company that has 2,000 couriers working for them that they don't need to pay health insurance for. You know, if their person's bike breaks, it's not Postmates' problem. It's enough to make you feel downright depressed. Like these new optimistic companies aren't much better than working at McDonald's. Maybe even worse. And now you're thinking, man, Manoush Downer. Well, hang on. Meet Dmitry Solominsky. Uh, my name is Dmitry Solominsky, and I am a full-time TaskRabbit. Dmitry is one of the most popular handymen in New York on TaskRabbit. You need a flat-screen TV hung? He does that. Shelves installed? He's on it. We've gotten to see some of the most amazing apartments in New York City uh, doing this. We've gotten to work for some of the most amazing companies as well. It's worked out for me so far. He spends each day bouncing from gig to gig with a camouflage backpack of supplies ready for any task. It's my old military bag, just full to the brim of power drills and all types of other random odds and ends and tools and things like that. That helped me do my job on a daily basis. Last time I checked, it was like 38 pounds, 7 ounces. Heavy lifting that Dimitri says added up to more than $35,000 last year, all through the site. Think of him as a task jackrabbit. Yes, it is my only income. 
a good busy task rabbit day probably involves three to four jobs, a lot of traveling around all over the city. So what is Dimitri doing differently? One thing that I think really, really helps is my reviews. You know, I have a little bit over 400 reviews. 388 of them are like public and I have like a 4.98 rating and people sing my praises. So I guess I know what I'm doing. Haven't broken anyone's place yet. And if he sees a lowball gig posted, Dimitri just won't bid on it. But he might leave a comment saying, hey, raise the pay and you might get better quality work. I never undervalue my time. I, I have a strict policy with how much I anticipate to make an hour. Which he says has to factor in the time it takes for him to get to the jobs in the first place. Don't get me wrong. It's hard work. You know, out of those 410, 420 jobs I've done over the last 13 months, I've probably got shot down on eight to 900 that I've been on. Just hearing about how much Dimitri has to hustle is making me tired. But for him, there is a payoff. At the same time, I I love it. I have more flexibility with my schedule. I don't have a boss who's breathing down my neck. There's no micromanagement going on. I set my own hours. Those few mornings that I don't have anything planned and I decide I don't want to put pants on, I'm not going to put pants on that day. It's just going to be hang out at home day. And very few jobs will ever offer you that luxury. Okay, now back to Sarah. She was not qualified to take jobs like Dimitri using tools, skilled hands-on labor. So one day, exhausted by just looking for work, she took a job that could only exist in the digital age through a service called Mechanical Turk. So Mechanical Turk is a website run by Amazon, and it allows you to hire people to do menial tasks that, for whatever reason, computers can't do for cents. Sense. Like what? The task where I spent the most time was this researcher from Microsoft had compiled these slideshows of photos. Uh And they were animals with objects. So maybe there was a whole slideshow full of cats and pizza. And it'd just be cats and pizza, cats and pizza. And I had to drag labels onto the, like, there's a label that said cats, and I dragged it onto the cat. And there was a label that said pizza, and I dragged it onto the pizza. And he explained he was developing deep learning for computers, so the ability for computers to better recognize what's in a scene of a photo. And so you need to teach the computer based on a human's understanding of the image. And so I was providing that. And for that, you earned... Uh, It was less than $3 an hour. Despite being paid less than $3 an hour to tag pictures of cats and pizza, Sarah doesn't think these platforms are all bad. She was offered a real job as a result of a TaskRabbit gig. I ran into this a lot where people would be using it to test you out. And then they would say something like, and if you actually take the job, I can pay you this rate because I won't be paying TaskRabbit. And she got some new experiences. I wouldn't, under normal circumstances, take a job as a dancer. Like, at all. (laughs) (laughs) And to be clear, she did get an article for Fast Company out of trying out the gig economy. But Sarah thinks these sites make the wrong promise. That this will be a better way for anyone to make a living. There were some TaskRabbit jobs where I was making $25 an hour, which is... Okay. Yeah. But the problem is, is that there's also that time that I spent commuting to that one hour of work and the time I spent trying to compete with other task rabbits to get it. So it kind of turns you into a perpetual job candidate. Relying on gigs for rent money is risky. And that 
risk runs both ways. I have to admit, I had never hired anyone through one of these websites. Usually, I prefer word of mouth, you know? But we here at New Tech City have been thinking about updating our logo, so we decided to commission some artists on the website Fiverr to have a go. On Fiverr, everything costs $5, including, in our case, graphic design. I commissioned Pepperhorn65 in Pakistan to design our new digital logo, and he actually came up with four new ones. We also commissioned Video of YBiz in Bangladesh to make an animation of our title. And Peace the World in Taiwan, she actually did a hand-drawn portrait of me. All for 15 bucks, ridiculously cheap, almost unfair. But we want to know which one you like best. Go to newtechcity.org to vote. Or to just tell us that they all suck and you get what you pay for. We want to know what you think. Also on our website, we're having a little fun with your photos for an upcoming project about parenting and technology. What have your kids done that is totally surprising in how they interpret technology? One listener, after hearing the show about emojis, told us that she decided to let her three-year-old use them to talk to her dad, who's been working really long hours crazy cute sentences that this kid is constructing. Or there's my six-year-old who has created an entirely new operating system with the hardware to go with it. Laptops, cell phones, all made out of paper. You can find pictures of these also at newtechcity.org. We want to see your photos of where parenting meets tech. Tweet us a photo at New Tech City on Twitter or use the hashtag anywhere. Hashtag NTC Kids Tech. Instagram, Facebook, wherever you want. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. I'm Anoush Zamarodi, and my gig is New Tech City.